Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Remember, if you have to step away from the radio for any reason, going into work or just headed elsewhere, you don't have to miss out on the conversation here on Detroit Today. All you got to do is go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. You can download and subscribe to Detroit Today, take us with you, and listen whenever you are ready. We're going to spend today talking about Line 5 and the Great Lakes, the relationship between the business of oil and gas that runs beneath several bodies of water here in the state of Michigan and the the need to preserve the environment and our drinking water. It is a conversation that has gone on for a very long time in this state, an argument really at times about what to do about a very old pipeline that runs beneath the Straits of Mackinac. What would happen if that pipeline were to rupture? Is the company that pays that owns that line, are they paying attention to what condition it's in and keeping it under great maintenance. The state has reached an interim deal with Enbridge Energy, which owns Line 5, to improve the safety of that line. And under the deal, Enbridge says it will replace a section of a controversial pipeline that runs beneath the St. Clair River with a tunnel or encase that pipeline in a tunnel. It'll also examine similar treatment for the section of Line 5 that runs beneath the Straits of Mackinac. The deal also calls for Enbridge to stop pumping oil and gas beneath the Straits of Mackinac when weather conditions would make it difficult to respond to a spill. And it sets a deadline in August to make a final decision about whether to shut down or replace the pipeline. State officials have been openly critical of Enbridge and its management of Line 5 in recent months. They say this deal is a big step toward making sure There's not a major spill and a major disaster in the Great Lakes. But environmental groups are not sold. They say the deal doesn't go far enough. So we begin the conversation with a few questions. What is the future of this pipeline? Is the deal struck between Enbridge and the state of Michigan good enough to protect the environment? Uh, And what what is the solution in the long term? Should this pipeline just be shut down? Should we not be moving oil and gas through our drinking water, through the precious environment of the Great Lakes, the way we do. We should say up front that we invited Enbridge to join this conversation. The company declined. We will talk a little later, though, uh, to the executive director of the Michigan Agency for Energy and the co-chair of the Michigan Pipeline Safety Advisory Board to get some of the state's uh, perspective on these things. But we start today with Liz Kirkwood, who is the executive director of For Love of Water, or Flow. Liz, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you so much, Stephen. Yeah. And uh, remember, you can always join the conversation here at uh, Detroit Today at uh, our phone number, 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Tell us what you think about Line 5. Tell us what you think about the deal to construct a tunnel around the pipeline under the St. Clair River. Um, tell us whether you think the whole thing ought to just go away and, and whether we ought to be thinking about this exclusively from an environmental perspective as opposed to trying to strike a balance between those environmental interests 
and business. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. And Liz, I'll put that question uh, to you first. Uh, what what about this deal? What about this uh, this idea to make a tunnel under the St. Clair River as a way to protect against a potential spill? Well, the, the, the deal that has um, been on the table since Monday, as we understand it, would actually be two proposed tunnels, one under the Straits of Mackinac and the other tunnel at the St. Clair River. Um, The Straits section, of course, right now is this uh, nearly five-mile stretch with two twin pipelines that are 20-inch in diameter that are in the open waters of the Great Lakes. And so that that represents the, you know, the highest and most immediate threat. Um, line five, um, you know, just for listeners, you know, is, is, uh, is a 645-mile pipeline that's part of Enbridge's very vast uh, energy transport network. Um, and this pipeline is 64 years old. Uh, for a number of years now, it's been actually over three years, um, we have been um, working with the state and, um, you know, thousands of uh, members of the public have been submitting comments to be part of this process that the governor himself set up uh, through executive order, um, first with a... um, uh, task force that came out with a report saying, you know, we need two very important things. We need to have an independent risk analysis, and we also need to have an independent alternatives analysis. Uh, and then, um, and that was, that task force was created in 2014, and they submitted their report in 2015. Uh, in the fall of 2015, then the governor by executive order created the Pipeline Safety Advisory Board um, and they were tasked to implement the, those two independent studies. And just last week on November 20th, um, in 2017, the alternatives analysis has, is final. We are still waiting for a risk analysis. The, the public and the state agencies have no information about the magnitude of harm um, to have a catastrophic oil spill in the Great Lakes. And you know, as uh, University of Michigan has indicated, this is the worst possible place for a spill. Um, so the the timing of this uh, agreement, it comes at a, at a great shock to the public, um, uh, particularly since we literally in the past couple of weeks have um, just learned that Enbridge has not um, has intentionally misled both the state and federal governments uh, and has, have, have not been forthright about their um, anchors that they're using, these screw anchors, to put this pipeline um, onto the bottom lands of the lake bed. Um, and those anchors are actually causing the pipeline uh, coating to be um, delaminated so that there are actual bare metal spots. We know of at least 48 spots on this pipeline at this moment. Yeah. Uh, talk about this tunnel idea. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a way to, to, to protect against a spill, or is it just compounding 
the, the, the issue. In other words, making it, uh, you know, seem as though things might be better, but, but actually introducing a new layer of, of potential trouble. Right. Well, I, you know, I mean, first of all, remember the entire pipeline, not just the section under the Straits or the section under the St. Clair River is 64 years old. Mm-hmm. And since 1968, uh, through FOIA requests that the National Wildlife Federation put together, they identified over 29 leaks, um, uh, ruptures and, and pinhole leaks and all sorts of um, other pipeline failures on line five. Um, throughout the state of Michigan. This is on the land-based portions on the 641 miles of pipeline. Um, And over a million gallons of oil have already come into our environment. Um, So addressing, um, you know, arguably one of the most vulnerable uh, places um, in the Straits of Mackinac, given the globally significance of the Great Lakes with 20% of the world's fresh surface water. Um, you know, we, we still have um, other very significant issues. There, This pipeline traverses over uh, 245 other streams, uh, lakes, and other river crossings. And... and when you talk about uh, again this age the age of the pipeline mm-hmm. the condition of the pipeline i mean is it something that's fixable from your perspective the way that they've pitched in this deal or is it something that just says it's just too old and it's too there's too much risk in continuing with it well you know i think Stephen, that the fundamental question is that um with respect to the section in the streets, the state of Michigan is our public trustee. They have a legal obligation, first and foremost, to protect the public waters of the Great Lakes on behalf of citizens of Michigan. And um, back in 1953, uh, our, you know, that, that consciousness and that understanding of what an oil pipeline could potentially do to... Um, you know, the Great Lakes was really not well understood. Um, but, you know, as Attorney General uh, Schutte has said, is that you'd never build a pipeline like this today. Mm-hmm. And this pipeline is not critical energy infrastructure. This pipeline was um, built back in 1953 to transport Canadian oil back to Canada using the Great Lakes as a shortcut. And today it is the same proposition. Um, this, this is a raw deal for Michigan, and only about 5 to 10 percent of the oil stays here in the state of Michigan. And um, the issue with Line 5, it's, it's the wrong pipeline in the wrong place. Uh, we, there, there's consensus that pipelines are the safest way to transport um, oil long, long distances. However, um, there are um, alternatives to threatening um, uh, the planet's uh, largest fresh surface uh, body of water. And the, the real problem with this agreement is that it has, um, first of all, it has really cut everybody off at the pass in terms of evaluating all of the alternatives. Um, the the uh, task force 
uh, asked for a full review of all options. And that's, that is what the law also demands. The, the, the law is called the Great Lakes Submerged Lands Act, and it says that, um, that all you know, feasible and prudent alternatives must be examined. Uh, and Enbridge, I wish I had a map to show you, uh, hard on the radio, but there are pipelines that go around the Great Lakes, and Enbridge has systematically increased the capacity of these pipelines around the Great Lakes Basin, including Line 6B, um, Enbridge's, uh, you know, uh, pipeline that is notoriously known for the 2010 disaster causing the largest inland oil spill in U.S. history. Right. Um, and so the question is, why is Michigan, um, and you know, in in this agreement, why is the the governor bypassing the um, the process that he's set in motion? Uh, why aren't why is the the governor and the attorney general why aren't they enforcing the legal terms of the 1953 easement that that is held in public trust, uh, given all of the multiple violations that have been exposed over the years related to the, the structure itself decaying, and um, wh- why are we not looking at the the smartest um, alternatives that go around the Great Lakes? Uh, the the agreement, that, as as we've seen, you know, dated November twenty seventh, is asking Enbridge to come up with three alternatives, both um, a, a tunnel. Um, uh, you know, with secondary containment or a um, horizontally directionally drilled tunnel or an open trench, um, a a cut-through method, a trench. And so all of a sudden, um, the governor is dictating and and entering into an agreement with Enbridge that has, has, um, you know, basically given Enbridge uh, the the authority to to write the final chapter of of the fate of of line five, yeah. and that's a real problem. Yeah, uh, this is Detroit today on one zero one nine WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Liz Kirkwood. She's the executive director of for, for Love of Water Flow. We're talking about Enbridge and its line five, which has a which runs beneath the Straits of Mackinac and beneath the St. Clair River. A new deal proposed by the state would have a tunnel built around that St. Clair River portion of it and study, I think, uh, the idea of doing that under the Straits of Mackinac. What do you think about that? What do you think about the idea of Line 5 and how long it has existed, how much we have learned about what condition it's in and the threat that it poses to drinking water and the environment all around the Great Lakes. Do you think we ought to be getting rid of Line 5 instead of talking about alternatives? Uh, do you think that the state has made an error here in in uh, sort of uh, circumventing the, the, the process of reviewing what to do about Line 5 by coming up with this tunnel idea? If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phone. So that's 313 
1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there. Or if you go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, we'll try to work you into the conversation. Uh, Jennifer on Twitter says, this isn't just between business and environment. A huge percentage of Michigan business is dependent on these waters. It's between us as Michiganders and a Canadian company who has already shown themselves to be untrustworthy. Again, if you want to join the conversation, 313-577-1019, what do you think should happen to line five? Liz, let me ask you about what uh, what Jennifer says there on, on Twitter. There is some there is a business interest here as well. And the, the, the question really is about Enbridge and how much we ought to trust them. Talk about some of the things we've learned in the last just a uh, few months, really, about how Enbridge has taken care of this line and how much it has been honest with the state about what's going on with it. Well, I, I think that issue of trust that uh, Jennifer indicated and, and mentioned is very, very significant. Um, uh, the, the level of trust uh, with Enbridge is at an all-time low. Uh, the governor himself, um, a couple of weeks ago, upon finding out that Enbridge had misled and, and withheld information for three years about the anchors and the damage that the anchors are actually causing to the pipeline, um, uh, you know, this, this, this is the company that was dubbed by the National Transportation Safety Board as the Keystone Cops following the 2010 Kalamazoo disaster mm-hmm. uh, in in the Marshall area, and um, Enbridge has not been forthcoming with the information, and the uh, the information about the state of this pipeline has dribbled out over the past three years, and I think it's not realistic to expect that we can trust Enbridge um, to provide uh, reports. Um, that will um, uh, identify the, the, the safest um, alternative. Um, Enbridge uh, is, um, you know, it, it's, it, I, I had the, the number of, um, they, they just, in 2016, the earnings uh, reported in Canadian dollars was $1.17 billion in net income. Um, they have an extraordinary uh, amount of cash on hand, and um, you know this segment is important for 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 Enbridge. But this uh, segment of the pipeline is not important for uh, the the state of Michigan. Um, and um, well, I'll, I'll just I'll yeah. I'll leave it at there for the moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phone. Steve in Birmingham, you're up first on Detroit Today. Good morning. This is Steve. Hey, how are you? Good. I was just had never heard it mentioned, and I was just curious, as one of the alternatives with secondary containment, instead of a tunnel, why don't they make a metal tunnel and attach it to the bridge if it would support that type of weight? And then if there was ever a leak into secondary, it's going to run downhill both ways. They would know about it. It wouldn't end up in the water. And uh, I'm not sure the bridge could handle that much weight. I, I haven't done any, any background on that. But it would just seem like a feasible alternative that would be a lot easier and less expensive than tunneling under the straits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Liz, Hi, what good about what, yeah? Go, what about that kind of uh, that yes. kind of alternative? So, as you can imagine, there have been a number of engineers who who have examined that, and and just as you pointed out, uh, the the bridge was built in 1957, and uh, engineers who we've spoken with don't believe that the bridge could structurally handle uh, that additional weight. Um, but that certainly has been a discussion. I think. More fundamentally, though, um, the question is, you know, um, if this oil is not needed for Michigan, why, why would we put the Great Lakes at risk? Uh, the, the law, first and foremost, um, protects and, you know, is, is on the side of the state, is on the side of uh, the citizens, and um, this, this pipeline doesn't make sense for Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Liz Kirkwood, Executive Director of For Love of Water. Thanks very much for joining us here on Detroit Today. Thank you so much. Up next, we're going to continue our conversation about Enbridge Line 5 with the Director of the Michigan Agency for Energy, who also co-chairs the Michigan Pipeline Safety Advisory Board. We will get more about what the state is thinking here uh, from Valerie Brader next on Detroit Today. And, of course, we want to hear more from you. 313-577-1019. What do you think about the future of Line 5 and the Great Lakes? We'll be right back on Detroit Today. News, music, culture, and community. Every day. Every day. Every day. On 1019 WDET. Detroit's public radio station. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We're spending the hour today talking about Line 5, the oil and gas line that runs beneath the Straits of Mackinac and some other uh, key water sources here in the state of Michigan. The state recently put a deal on the table about the future of Line 5 and said, look, uh, let's build a tunnel around the pipes to sort of protect uh, the Great Lakes against a potential spill. They're going to try it in the St. Clair River and perhaps under the Straits of Mackinac. What do you think about that? What do you think about the idea of a tunnel that might protect Line 5 versus the idea of getting rid of Line 5 altogether? We want to hear from you this hour about that. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313 577 1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll try to work you into the conversation. And joining us now to talk more about this deal from uh, the state of Michigan is Valerie Brader. She is the executive director of the Michigan Agency for Energy, and she co-chairs the Michigan Pipeline Safety Advisory Board. Valerie, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So let's first talk about the process uh, that produced this deal. Uh, we were just talking with Liz Kirkwood, who's the executive director of For Love of Water. Her position is that this is premature, that we don't know enough yet about uh, the condition of the pipeline. We don't know enough about the potential alternatives to be making uh, these decisions. Uh, why, why did the state go ahead and, uh, and do this now? Well, because we aren't making any final decisions, I agree with Liz that it would be premature to do so. What this, what this 
agreement does is create a schedule for making a final decision. In August 15th of 2018, either a cooperative agreement will be reached or the state will take another path. It also creates a series of both safety measures today and information gathering that will go on and be completed by June 30th that will be very valuable. So we're about to listen to what the public thinks regarding what the alternatives to Line 5 are in our alternatives analysis. We're coming out to that. We wanted the public to understand what our timeline is, but we also didn't want to wait to take actions that could make Michigan safer today as we make those decisions. And and so your position is not then that doing this pushes us toward a, a permanent compromise like this. You, you still would be open to the discussion about ending Line 5. and Absolutely. And As we said when this was announced, um, all options remain on the table. The, what this does is help us determine whether or not some options that we've heard interest in, a tunnel being one of them, is technically feasible, but it's, uh, and what we can do to actually look at the other 245 water crossings that this pipeline makes and what could be done to make those safer. We're also in the midst of completing the risk analysis, which would tell us what the financial and other consequences of a worst-case spill would be, and that's due to be done right around the same time as many of these other studies. But this agreement also says there are things we need to start doing today. One of those is doing something we know to be technically feasible, which is getting, you know, beginning the permitting process to get the pipeline that runs under the St. Clair River at Sarnia, connects with Sarnia in Canada, get that into a tunnel of secondary containment. So begin the permitting process there and find out if a tunnel is even a feasible option. That doesn't mean we've decided a tunnel is an option. It means we've decided that it's worth getting some more information about, and we want to have that information ready so that we can make a final decision after we've heard what the public has to say with the best information possible by August 15th of 2018. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this question. Uh, there, I think there's a reasonable conclusion to be made from this deal that it's an effort to strike a balance between the environmental concerns here and the business concerns here, that it, that it says both sides deserve some consideration. But, but as the state, uh, as the state who represents the citizens, is that an appropriate balance to be striking? Shouldn't the state be more concerned about the environment and drinking water and all of the things that we depend on the Great Lakes for than it is about a business, and in particular, a business that has been such a bad actor? Uh, Enbridge, uh, Enbridge has, has you know repeatedly shown itself not terribly trustworthy when it comes to this line. Yeah, what makes this issue so incredibly difficult is that we have not been able to receive, you know, trustworthy information to date from Enbridge. There have been things that they've told us that they've then later come back and said their own records show to be incorrect. But there are also health and safety considerations on both sides. You've sort of characterized this as business versus the environment. Um, That would be a much easier decision to make. Uh, If you're looking at what this pipeline does for Michigan, uh, the propane supplies to the Upper Peninsula, two-thirds of that come through this pipeline, and there would be predicted some 
you know, substantial increases to the costs for folks there. My agency looks at our low-income heating program, and every year we have way more requests than we can fulfill And from a lot of propane users. Rural poverty is serious. If you're using propane, you usually don't have a lot of other options. So that's a pretty important thing. In addition, when you look in the lower peninsula, we you know learn from the alternatives analysis that after the material kind of heads into Canada, a lot of it comes back and we end up importing a very large amount of propane that's sort of equivalent to the most of the usage in the lower peninsula. So just thinking about this as a business versus the environment, I think misses the fact that there are services that this pipeline gives us today that are important for some of our rural poor health and safety, as well as obviously, you know, broader business issues like the ability to continue to have a natural gas and oil extraction industry in northern Michigan that supports our state parks and recreation. So uh, not saying that one of these is more important than the other, uh, saying that all the more reason to make sure you have all the information before you make a decision about how safe the pipe could be made or not, what the risks are, and being it clear with the public when that decision will be made, which will be by August 15th, 2018. Either a cooperative agreement will be reached or the state will take another path. All alternatives remain on the table. Okay. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number to join the, the conversation. My guest is Valerie Brader, Executive Director of the Michigan Agency for Energy, co-chair of the Michigan Pipeline Safety Advisory Board. We're talking about Line 5 and the proposed deal to build a tunnel around the aging pipe as a way to mitigate the effects of a potential spill. Uh, what do you think about that? Do you believe that that's the right step to take? Do you think it's the right step to take now as we are still studying what should be done long-term with uh, Line 5313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go to Jim Nash, who is the Oakland County Water Resources Director. Uh, Jim, you have uh, something you want to add to the conversation here. Oh, absolutely. This is, uh, I, I appreciate the, uh, the, the show on this. Um, this is, a, a, to me, a major issue around water. I mean, we are responsible for 20% of the world's fresh water, and we, we have a moral responsibility to protect that. And to me, this is something that, you know, if there are some comebacks from from Canada or some other things around that, that's okay. But there's other ways of doing it. Um, according to the International Energy Agency um, in, in the U.S., uh, for every gallon mile traveled by oil, um, three times as much is is um, escapes through um, pipelines than through trains and trucks. Uh, trains and trucks cause more damage, um, and people are killed because they're vehicles. But mm-hmm. when there's a leak in a pipe, it's often not discovered for a significant amount of time. And so we have much larger leaks when it comes to uh, tunnel uh, pipelines. And we have to understand that we have to do something about that because if there's an accident like um the university has said uh if there's an accident where that line is up there that's going to have a huge effect on both lakes sure and so so jim jim let me ask you this let me ask you this yeah let me ask you this jim do you think the tunnel idea is a way to mitigate that or or do you think I really don't. We could cause something to happen in, in the process of doing that. We need to shut this pipeline down. We need to go another route. We need to find other ways. And as uh, um, Flo pointed out, this is not the only place it crosses fresh water. It sure. crosses fresh water through the whole process. 
you know, Oakland County, we, we don't have land on, on water here, but we just had a case last week, I think it was, where we had a huge blowout in one of our gas lines that caused a massive flame that luckily it wasn't around houses, but these kind of things have a huge impact and people are very nervous in Oakland County of gas lines. So all these kind of things have an impact that we have to understand and really do something about soon. Yeah. Uh, Jim Jim Nash is the Oakland County Water Resources uh, Director. I really appreciate your calling and interjecting those points into the conversation, Jim. Valerie Brader, I'll give you a chance to respond. Why not just why not just shut it down? Why not why not eliminate the risk altogether and find safer alternatives for the things that you were talking about like the accessibility to propane in the Upper Peninsula seems like trucks might be able to handle that just as well as that pipeline. Well, and we have information like that in our alternatives analysis about what other options might be to meet that. Again, I'm that is still very much on the table, but I think before you make a decision like that, first of all, you have to recognize that anything that would be a shut-it-down alternative, so far all I've heard is something that sounds like a lot of litigation that tends to take a lot of time. One of the things Governor Snyder made very clear to all of us is that he did not want to sit and wait for studies, sit and wait for court processes. He wanted action, and part of what the agreement we just signed does is immediately begin things that will make the pipe safer no matter what. One of those is shutting it down when there are adverse weather conditions at the straits that would not allow recovery. One of them is starting the process of tunneling under Lake Sinclair, which provides a secondary containment that is available for other pipes right now, not available for Line 5 and ought to be. So when we are talking about the importance of Michigan's waters, I agree completely with Drain Commissioner Nash. It's something vital, and we do have a moral responsibility to protect it. We also have to think about that in a very practical and strategic way because, you know, just opening a lawsuit that's going to take years to win through doesn't actually do anything to protect Michigan's waters on the ground. This agreement we put in place does something immediately, sets us up to have much better information on what our abilities are to mitigate the impacts and understand what the other risk analysis is. So, you know, what the have a well-done study from all across Michigan's universities to tell us what the risks are of a worst-case spill and be able to weigh that with what you can do to reduce risk and be able to then look and make that decision. That's the right way to do this. And the idea that you just bring a lawsuit and it ends tomorrow, I don't know anyone who's seen our court system who thinks that that is going to result in immediate protection of Michigan's water when they're being honest about it. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Peter in Bloomfield. Peter, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. Hey. Uh, I think this is very responsible, simply research. Uh, having worked around nuclear energy myself in the Navy, I can tell you that secondary containment is a very big and it's a smart plan. Everyone's kind of on edge about the, not, need, not necessarily the potential, but rather the likelihood that there will be a leak. Case in point, like that last call I mentioned, the explosion, uh, gas line explosion in Orion Township, or the surprise leak uh, up in the Trans-Canada uh, Pipeline. Mm-hmm. So simply doing research into finding out what is a better way to not only contain it, but should a leak happen, actually access it and prepare it via tunnel as opposed to finding the, the kind of diving and salvage operations required to contain a leak that's already already poisoned the waters. I'm not a fan of getting anything to the water either, but if 
someone has to do their homework and find out what it would take to contain it, all the better. Yeah, yeah. Peter, I think that's uh, – I mean, I, I appreciate the sort of expertise that you're bringing uh, to the conversation here, having having the background uh, in, in the nuclear sort of context. Uh, secondary containment is something that, uh, that often works. I think the question here is whether even installing that secondary containment – uh, around such an old pipe could could itself disrupt uh, disrupt the pipe. Uh, Valerie Brader, what 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 do you think about that possibility? What was did that way into the decision here? Is the pipe too old to build a tunnel around? Uh, yeah. So the the things that are being explored aren't what you're describing. It's not really putting a tunnel around the existing pipeline. What it is would be drilling through various techniques a tunnel through the bedrock underneath the straits and putting a new pipe in that tunnel. So sort of what you're describing where you try to construct a tunnel around the pipelines kind of on the bottom of the lakes isn't what we will be investigating to see if it's possible. It would be something where it would be a new construction of a tunnel and a new pipe within that tunnel, and then that tunnel providing additional secondary containment. Right, right. Uh, Again, uh, thank you very much for that call, Peter. Let's go to Kevin in Detroit. Kevin, welcome to Detroit today. Hi, good morning. Hi, go ahead. Um, I'm wondering to what extent uh, this debate is indicative of the uh, corporate lobbying efforts and political contributions that are leaving our politicians beholden to corporate interests over the health, safety, and economic well-being of the citizens here in Michigan. Yeah. Kevin, great question. Always something important to ask in the environment in which we uh, sort of operate here. Uh, Valerie Brader, I'll give you a chance to, to, to answer that. How much of the lobbying that Enbridge does, which we all know is pretty pretty substantial, uh, influences the process here? None. Uh, This is not something, and I think you've seen from the governor's statements, this is not an agreement that is in any way a gift to the company. Um, When we're talking about this, when we're thinking about this, we're thinking about how you get Michigan's most vulnerable rural poor heat they can afford. We're thinking about how you ensure that we have the safest protections for Michigan's waters. We are thinking about how we find out what our options are to reduce risk and what the impacts are before you make a decision. And we're ensuring that we are asking the public what they think before we make any decision. We're making sure they have access to all the information we have. I know that there are folks out there who like saying, oh, this is just some corporate giveaway. I can guarantee you that I have not been asked once by the governor or anybody else, oh, but what about our donor? What about this? It has all been about how do we protect all of Michigan citizens? How do we make the best decision we can? And the answer to that is you get the best information you can, you get the best public feedback you can, and you're clear about when you're going to make a decision and what matters to you. And what matters to us is a zero tolerance for error around the Great Lakes. And what matters to us is ensuring that Michigan citizens can heat their homes and can enjoy Michigan's lakes. And that's why all options remain on the table. 
but we want to know if there are options that could greatly reduce the risk before we make a decision about whether or not that pipeline is there. We at this point don't know what the options are to protect those other 245 water crossings. We don't know if a tunnel that would provide secondary containment and be far under the lakes is even an option and what its environmental impacts of construction would be. We think that's a kind of question you ought to know the answer to before you start making a decision that will have decades of implications for Michigan citizens either way. And so I, I would simply say the um, belief or you know, implication that this is somehow a gift to Enbridge, I think if you look at that agreement and you see what the state promises to do or what Enbridge promises to do, you know, what the state has promised to do is help do these studies. What Enbridge has promised to do is some fairly substantial commitments, and that's knowing that this is not a final decision. So I, I would just respond very, very strongly to any implication. Um, that I mean, I think the question is we're doing this without yeah, integrity. I, mean, I think the, it's very much the opposite. The question is, is who's doing the studies and why we ought to trust. I mean, Enbridge, again, has a track record that tells us that, that they are not likely to be terribly transparent and maybe not even truthful. Exactly, which is exactly why we are hiring two new state employees whose entire duties will be to watch these studies, to tell us if at any point they're being pushed one way or another. We are we hope to be able to announce who those people are at the end of the week. We obviously only signed this Monday, so we're bringing them on board as quickly as possible. But I uh, agree with you 100% that we cannot trust Enbridge to do these studies. You need to have someone at their elbow every step of the process going through their own files with them. And this agreement allows that. And it wouldn't be acceptable if it didn't. Okay. All right. Valerie Brader, Executive Director of the Michigan Agency for Energy, co-chair of the Michigan Pipeline Safety Advisory Board. Thanks for being here on Detroit Today. Thanks for having me. All right. Up next, we're going to continue the conversation about Line 5. This time, we're going to talk to someone whose business is at stake here and someone you might be familiar with, Captain Chris Shepler of Shepler's Mackinac Island Ferry. He would be directly affected if there was ever a major spill in the Mackinac Straits. And he also sits on the Michigan Pipeline Safety Advisory Board. Stay with us on Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We've been spending the hour talking about Line 5, the Enbridge oil and gas line that runs both beneath the Straits of Mackinac and beneath the St. Clair River. It also has crossings in many other bodies of water here in the state of Michigan. The state now proposes to have a tunnel built with a new pipeline uh, through it uh, as a way of mitigating the risk of an oil spill that would be catastrophic, particularly in the Mackinac Straits uh, because of where that is, the, the space between two lakes, the current 
there, it would be uh, an environmental disaster of really, really large proportion. Uh, we want to hear from you what you think about Line 5, whether we ought to be doing what we're what the state proposes to do, or whether you think it ought to just be shut down and we ought to find another way to get oil and gas between the upper and lower peninsula, uh, between America and Canada. And joining us now to give a little bit of a different perspective on this issue is Captain Chris Shepler. He's the president of Shepler's Mackinac Island Ferry, appointed by Governor Snyder to the Pipeline Safety Advisory Board. Captain Shepler, welcome to Detroit Today. Well, good good morning first, and uh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, so uh, talk about uh, the, your sort of unique position here, which is that uh, you depend on the straits for your business, uh, but there's also uh, the, the, the environmental concern. I mean, uh, if there were a spill there, that would also – uh, affect uh, affect affect your business quite uh, quite a bit. Um, talk about this proposal from the state. Whether you think this is enough? Yeah, and I, I also want to say we we rely on fossil on fuels fossil fuels as well. Sure, yeah. To uh, to to propel our boats to and from Mackinac Island and to get our guests uh, to their destination. So, uh, but f- from where I sit, um, knowing the you know what happens in the Straits of Mackinac. I'm not sure a lot of people really understand, including um, you know those that are making decisions, understand what the Straits of Mackinac is and and what it uh, what it can develop into on days that aren't those sunny July afternoons that's flat, calm and 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 mm-hmm. easy to 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 transport people to and from. But there there are days that are just uh, just you know, completely outrageous up there on the straits. So I am, me personally, and, and I think our company as well, we we would like to see this thing shut down. And, and it's, there's several reasons that come from me is number one, I, my responsibility to our company and uh, the 220 employees that we employ is to make sure that that business continues to run. And when you have sources outside of your control that control that whether you're going to run or not because if this if if the pipe goes bad um people aren't going to go to Mackinac Island people aren't going to come to northern Michigan they're not going to fish they're not going to you know sail so basically things shut down and and you know that would be catastrophic not only for our company but for the the thousands other companies that that rely on recreation rely on the great lakes for sure. Um, you know, for uh, for income. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go back to the phones here. Steve in Southfield. Steve, welcome to Detroit today. Yeah. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I just uh, tuned in and heard the tail end of the woman who is uh, a representative of the state's energy office mm-hmm. explain that uh, that Michigan's solution to uh, 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 obviously corrupt energy contractor whose safety studies cannot be believed is to hire two full-time people to monitor their performance sure. just stunned me. Yeah. You, you think that's them? not enough, right? Oh, my God. Fire them. Shut down that pipeline now. Yeah. I just I work in the aerospace industry. It would be tantamount to me writing a safety study for a new aircraft engine 
And the FAA said, yeah, well, we got to hire a bunch of consultants to make sure that the manufactured aircraft engine is certified it properly. And in the meantime, airplanes might fall out of the sky and right. disaster will occur, but we, we're on it. Right. I'm just, it strains credulity. Yeah, Steve, thank you very much for calling and, and <clears throat> injecting that into the conversation here. I think uh, a lot of people probably heard that and had the same reaction. Uh, Captain Schepler, I'm, I'm wondering what you think about Enbridge and their role here. They haven't been great at uh, being transparent or truthful. I agree with you 100%, and I think that's the reason why. If, if, if Enbridge, you know, um, w- was above board and, and told us everything and, and, and the, the Kalamazoo situation did not happen, then maybe the heightened uh, awareness of this pipeline would be lessened. But I, I, I don't – for me, it's hard for, for me to trust them, although I don't live in Kalamazoo – I'm, but we could have a Kalamazoo, you know, mm-hmm. and and I'm that is what scares me. And 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 they they um, it's hard to trust them. It's 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 hard to after what happened in Kalamazoo to to say okay, yeah, it was a mistake. No worries, we'll move on. But we we can't afford that. So for me, it's 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 all about. It's all about being trustful and above board, and I, I don't think Enbridge has been that. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's go to back to the phones here really quick. Frank on the east side. Frank, welcome hey, to the Detroit today. Go ahead, Frank. Um, just three things in general, and, uh, of course, I'll preface this by saying it is simply my opinion. Uh, one, we need water to live, uh, life as we know it, generally speaking, and uh, since 20% of the fresh stuff is here, Putting a pipeline anywhere near it is insanity. Any argument to the contrary, I will probably say that my mind is closed to. Uh, secondly, the lady that you were talking with uh, previously kept referring to the waters as Michigan waters. Mm-hmm. They're not Michigan waters. Toxicity, death that results thereof. Uh, Would affect it people in lots of states. Boundaries, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. And thirdly, she kept re, uh, referring to. Well, you know, the governor did this, the governor did this. This is the same governor uh, who reigned over the poisoning of a city. Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, there's a lot There's a lot in what you say, Frank, that I think resonates with a lot of uh, people who are paying attention to this. Uh, Captain Chepler, I've only got about a minute left, but I want to give you a chance to, to talk about how much faith you have that the state can resolve this in a way that's not just beneficial to you, but also beneficial to the, to the citizens here. You know, I get the the fact that we need to come up with some alternatives, or and or take a, a complete view of this from five thousand feet to make sure that we're what we do is correct and and not just push the can down the road. I would like to see a little more action. Um, I don't think this thing that was signed, the bill that was signed. I'm not so sure it's it's in our best interest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, there's some things. I, number one, a tunnel. I'm not so sure that that's the yeah. way to go. Yeah. And shutting down the pipeline during adverse conditions, but yet letting it run in the wintertime, I don't think is is. Uh, I mean, the wintertime is the worst time to have it. Is the hardest, right? So, yeah. 
I, I know we're on time here, so I don't want to yeah. rattle on anymore. No. But <laughs> I do um, have to get out of here. But uh, I want to thank you very much for joining us, Captain Chris Shepler, president of Shepler's Mackinac Island Ferry. All right, that's going to do it for me today. I will be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. I'll see you tomorrow.